Episode 126 of The Brian Oak Show, and indeed it is a lovely day for a number of reasons. A, it's actually a lovely day in South Minneapolis here at the Smart Start MN studio at 41 degrees outside. The sun is shining. It just, it feels like the right kind of day to follow the day that we had yesterday. Joining me, of course, as always, Sean Bernard. Sean, how are you today? Oh, big sigh of relief. Well, yesterday, I have to admit, you know... Politics are supposed to be boring, right? Yeah. An inauguration should be a drag. And somehow it was exultant. It was amazing. I was watching, and you know I'm prone to crying anyway. Yeah. Uh, but I, between Kamala Harris getting sworn in, which all of a sudden I felt myself like getting choked up. I'm yeah. like, wow. You know, yes, there's historical significance, but it just felt so normal and so joyous comparatively. And then the poet, Amanda Gorman, who I'm not oh. a big, I'm not a big poetry slam guy. Yeah, but. But wow. Holy wow. Shit. Just all of it. It all made sense. It all fit. It was all fantastic. And, um, and Biden's speech. Now, I didn't get a chance to watch any of the big celebration that went down last night with all the different performances and stuff. But the inauguration was amazing, man. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. I, I was really stressed out going into it. Yeah, me too. To the point where I, I didn't realize how stressed out I was. And I finally just took a deep breath last night. And I know that things aren't going to be perfect and there'll be bumpy roads ahead and all that stuff. But there was just this sense of relief that Jack Wagon doesn't have the nuclear codes anymore. Mm -hmm. And I just, there was relief with having him get the fuck out of Dodge. Uh, I just was really pleased with that. And, you know, the, the women's suffrage movement and to see not only a woman, but a black woman, uh, an Asian woman, uh, actually, you know, make the vice presidency was so huge. And to be able to look at my daughter, my wife wept like crazy yesterday. I don't think she was alone in that. Yeah. She just said, I can't believe that in my lifetime, this is happening. And I said, I, I honestly can't believe it didn't happen before now. Right. But it is amazing how fucking contrasting our politics are. It's like startling. It's no, just crazy. It, again, like you said, it's not going to be fixed tomorrow. No. But but I felt like the adults were back in charge again, and I felt like people who at least 
champion human decency. They may stand for something other than people on the other side of the aisle stand for, but they know how to talk. They understand how politics work, the the, the efficacy. It's one thing to be a showboater and to appeal to a, a radical demographic, no matter where you are on the spectrum. It's another thing to be able to comport your office and do your business and be a fucking grown-up. And the thing I've always said throughout my entire adult life is I love working with professionals. Whether I was working in the nonprofit community, working in radio, working here with you, I love working with professionals because, you know, you can have fun. You can go ahead and you can be bombastic. You can do whatever you want, but you have to, at the end of the day, you have to get the fucking job done, which means you have to be a professional somewhere beneath all of the madness, which is why today's guest is perfect because he is a pro. Now, he has been part of some of the most bombastic and phantasmagorical <laughs> Minnesota music anyone's ever seen or experienced, but there is no question that he is a damn professional. And we'll start talking with Bryn Aarons just ahead here. Um, before we get to him, though, I do want to play one song. This is an artist I've always gone back and forth on, you know, and when you talk about Women, women of color. This is not a woman of color, but she is a woman. When you talk about, you know, women making steps and finally being appreciated almost like actual human beings. They're, they're uh, almost close. as good as normal people. We're working on it. I mean, slowly but surely, baby steps. But there have always been incredible women along the way. And so while I may not put this woman's music on on the daily, she stood for something and did something that no one else at that point had done. There had never been anyone quite like her, and well, to be honest, maybe still isn't to this day, but she is a poet laureate in her own right and a punk rock priestess, and there there hadn't been anyone else like and you know, it, so she's a trailblazer, you know? Is she Rosa Parks? Absolutely not, but in the world of rock and roll, pretty freaking damn close, man. I'm just, I, you know, I'm a fan and I'm, I, it's important to regularly be reminded that everybody's a human being and there are people out there who are on the vanguard. There are people out there who are visionaries and Patti Smith absolutely belongs on that list. Absolutely. Jesus died for somebody's sins, but not mine. Milton, part of thieves, wild cord of my sleeve, thick heart of stone. My sins, my own, they belong to me. Me. Say beware, but I don't care. The words are just rules and regulations to me. me.
good yeah <laughs> patty smith right there on the brian oak show which is made possible by the good folks at smart start mn smart start mn is minnesota's original ignition interlock company what does that mean well let's say that your life is suddenly turned upside down due to a dui due to a an error in judgment and you've lost your ability to drive they can get you back into your vehicle quicker and for a lot less money than you might otherwise think and you're going to need that you're going to need to get your life back on track and that's the best way to do it yeah go to smartstartmn.com slash the brian oak show they'll give you 20 percent off the installation of the interlock ignition interlock system God damn it, I was almost there. You almost had it. You I blew all, it. I bet I they'll, I'll bet it. they'll forgive us. I, oh, I, I hope they they'll will. forgive us. It is the Brian Oak Show, and today's guest, I honestly don't know where to start, because his musical story goes back a lot further than when I first met him back in the mid-90s, and his musical story has continued. He's worked with literally everybody, and has been, it's some of the most interesting junctures in musical space-time in Minnesota and New York history, but I think the vast majority of people People listening right now would know him as the frontman of the band Minnesota band Flip. His name is Bryn Arns. Bryn, how are you, man? Good, Brian. I haven't seen you in a long time, <laughs> man. It's cool to see your face. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I've got a face for radio. Well, same. <laughs> okay. Pretty same. pretty creative there. Yeah. That was a. I, I just wrote that. Yeah, well, can I use that? That's pretty <laughs> yeah. good. I like that. I like that. Well, and these days, actually, you do radio in addition to all the music that you do. Before we get into the madness that was, then wasn't, then now is again, Flip, and we talk about the many yeah. other things you've been involved with, I'd like to go back a little ways, because you're a St. Paul native, right? Uh, correct. North St. Paul. North St. Paul. North St. Paul. 
you're going to hit me right on one of my earliest, greatest favorite rock stories, if I may be so bold. Please do. I mean, you, you already told me off mic that you had coffee with Patty Smith, but if this one's your one of your favorites, please let's this start there. This is so good. If you know North St. Paul at all, there's a giant concrete snowman oh, on yeah, Highway 36. Uh-huh. Now... That snowman was originally on 7th Avenue, basically kitty corner from the only landmark building in North St. Paul, which is Newman's Bar, right? Everybody knows where Newman's Bar. Mm-hmm. If you look at that snowman, the buttons have screening, speaker screening in them. I was in the sixth grade when they built that snowman. It was going to talk like a like a big boy. Yeah, where you press the button and it says, Welcome to Burgerville or whatever. The day after they put the giant Altec horns in the buttons, uh-huh. my band Ash of Evil became <laughs> became that much louder. <laughs> nice. The snowman, I am afraid to say, never after that ever spoke. It huh. never talked. But my band in the sixth grade and so what's that, nineteen seventy one? 1972 that's so you're talking about when i started i started my first band in the fifth grade and we were together till i graduated high school called ash of evil to start out then it switched to evil ash then ash (laughs) and then pearl nice evolution and and i played every grade school middle school high school uh aa dances all sorts of things by the time i was i don't even you know by the time i was out of school i had to quit sports in the seventh grade because we had band practice after school every day well at least your priorities were in the right spot and you ended up making the right choice for you my my curiosity though is you know given the era 71 72 when you started this band ash of evil is is pretty ominous man it's pretty dark you want to know at that year look at the albums that came out i think it's Black Sabbath, Paranoid, uh-huh. and Deep oh, yeah. Purple, yeah. Machine Head, right. were, and maybe the first Montrose album were kind of the templates Montrose. for what we were doing. And Aerosmith, Get Your Wings, and so and but but then like the school would be like, oh, you're in a band, we'd love to have you play, even though you're called Ash of Evil. <laughs> Correct. John Stangle, when I was in grade school, who was the musical guy. Now this is these were hippies. So this is 1971. Literally, the guy was like what you would call the cliche on Saved by the Bell or something, <laughs> counselor with the mustache and the long hair. And he knew we had a band, and I had. they knew I played acoustic guitar because earlier that year I had played, for the whole school, I played ukulele, banjo, and acoustic guitar. I played Dead Skunk in the Middle of the Road. <laughs> And uh, a boy named, the good one, Jim yeah. Stafford, good uh-huh. one, Brian. Uh-huh. A boy named Sue and mm. leaving on a jet plane. Right. And I still play leaving on a jet plane with really? Lip to this day. But uh, so he let our band play, the hippie counselor guy. And I'm proud to say there's something <laughs> neat. You, and these some of these photos, I have them on my Facebook. My mother took photos. We were going to close the show with schools out because we got to play from Two thirty to three o'clock, nice. and at three o'clock, school ends, and the actual bell would ring. So uh, my idea was, I'm in freaking sixth grade, That's and amazing. these are the kind of thoughts I have. So uh, uh, it's sick. It might be 
you know, call the doctor. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it does go a long way to explaining. If this is where you were in sixth grade, to me, that goes a long way to explaining who you were in the mid-90s when the I met same you. The same guy. I haven't <laughs> changed at all. But now with decades of experience under his belt and more than a little knowledge of rock and roll. So this is where you start, and you continue to play music throughout the time you're in school. Let me finish. Brian, I don't mean to interrupt, but there is a punchline. There's a punchline, and I, it's, it's going to hang like I feel like I need to pass gas or something, so i got to <laughs> let this baby out. I'd rather hear the punchline. The punchline <laughs> is, is okay, we had 30 minutes, of, 30 minutes of music. The beautiful thing was three of the three songs in that 30-minute set were my original songs, wow. one called Young Girl, one called Freedom, and one called <laughs> Corner Girl. Like, I knew what I was talking about in the sixth grade. I thought I was, like, being, like, but anyway, I didn't preempt the idea that we would be so excited that we would play all the songs too fast so by the time we got to schools out at the end of the set there was still five minutes left Uh-oh. so we had to jam the end of schools out until this bell actually went out <laughs> and how did right. it work how did it work you know i i was unhappy with that yeah but the one thing that did work is my good friend billy walters i had my hair all teased up and shit and we had makeup on and stuff and <laughs> I wore a uh, windbreaker because it was the closest thing I had to that look like satin. Yeah. Because it was a plastic <laughs> windbreaker. Uh-huh. And I nailed two by fours to my shoes to have some platform to them and the whole bit playing my Tisco tulip. And I forgot where's. Oh, Bill Walters came up to me and he goes, Hey, uh, Bryn, how'd you get your hair like that? And I said, And on a whim, I just said, I washed it in ketchup. Now, when I came back to school the next day, when I came back to school the next day, everybody was asking me about washing my hair and ketchup. See, I'd oh, always heard like, like like the people that used to do mohawks. They're like, oh, egg whites. Just use yeah. egg whites. Is that real? Or, yeah, or is oh, this abso- like your ketchup story? No, abso- no, it is real. Okay. Eggs, whites, sugar, and a little water. You're basically making glue. Mm. You could throw yeah. a little flour in there, a little flour <laughs> and water, and have a snack, too. <laughs> if you're playing out in the hot sun, it might make biscuits. <laughs> hair biscuits. Oh, nice. hair. Uh, there's, they opened up for us. Exactly. <laughs> it's a great name for a band. So you play all through school, and music is obviously in your in your blood. It's in your DNA. Do you remember the very first gig you ever played for money? Um. Yes. And what was the name of that band? Uh, Pearl. Pearl, all right. Yes, which was the third incarnation of Ash of Evil. Right. Now, at, from Ash of Evil to Ash, Ash of Evil never played live. Evil Ash never played live. Oh. Those bands, in my memory, those are years, but I'm going to guess they're weeks. Okay. Then mm-hmm. we became Ash, and that was the very first concert at Cowan Elementary School in North St. Paul. Crazy. They didn't know I was singing through the snowman's speakers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so when's the first time you get paid to play? So the first time is Pearl, then we turned into Pearl, and we played a teen center in downtown St. Paul, and it was like 350 bucks. And then after that, we came back, and the drummer's mom had booked the gig, Carrie Dombrock, who then became the drummer for The Regime, if you remember that great metal band. Best metal band out of St. Paul, in my opinion. Right. They were freaking awesome. Ruling St. Paul's Rock and East Side. Big time, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the blazing masters of heavy metal. Nice. Was this <laughs> one of those teen centers where they think it's going to be a real nice place for the kids to just go and have a good time, but out back, everybody was smoking weed? No question about it. <laughs> yeah. No question That's about exactly it. That's exactly what those things were. They're like, we're going to create this environment. Yep. 
for a, kids to be off the street. A safe place for young people. Yeah. Only the underage drinking can. will occur in the bathroom. <laughs> exactly right. Keep all underage drinking in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so you play and you, I mean, did you ever... Then we make, booked every school. Then it, then it was like, oh, we're good enough and people liked us. The confidence came wow. up. And then we literally walked or ride our bicycles to Webster School, Harmony School, Maplewood Junior High, North St. Paul High School, Castle School. I I can't believe I could name those off like wrestlers from well, the <laughs> 70s or something. So did you ever, as you get older and as you go through playing all this stuff, did you ever once make a pretense at a job in the straight world or was it always going to be music and always was music? I did take a straight job um, and I loved it. And I cringe when I say it, and I cringe because I loved it, and I met so many good people there. It was a car wash. Yeah. When Obsession, we were the first band to ever, hard rock band, to, to, to only play our all our own material. And I said, instead of doing multiple sets, I can't begin and end a show three times. So I tell you what. Can we take those three 15-minute breaks, put them at another spot in the night, and I'll play straight through so I can have a beginning and a middle and an end and not three beginnings, three middles, mm. and three endings because I can't put on a show like that. I'm walking away feeling something's not right. Yeah. What was the question? <laughs> uh, you, you said you took a straight job and oh. that you worked at the car wash. So for a short period, all of a sudden... All these hair bands started appearing. Poison, rat, you know, I don't need to go any further. No, Cinderella. I think we got that right. Cinderella. And me, we, Obsession, had more in line with UFO and the New York Dolls and Aerosmith. And right. when the term hair metal came in, I was out. I was out. And I said, okay, we got to change everything. And uh, we had just worked at... Paisley Park with Mick Ronson. Which is crazy, and we are going to talk more about that in just a minute, but you had just worked with Mick Ronson at Paisley Park? We were the first band to ever record there. All right, well, here's the deal. We uh, have, we, shit, I, I, I know. I hang ADD on, hang no, no, hang on. We, we got to get a song. No, 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 no. I don't. I just. I don't want to go too long. We got to get a song in. You know how it yeah. works, right? So we're going to hear a song by your you, that you are the the architect of. But when we come back, I want to hear your Mick Ronson Paisley Park Studio. You got is that cool? it. All right. Tell me what this first song is. We're going to play right here. This song is called Freak. It was did really well for us. Sent us all around the country. I co-wrote it with Art Alexakis from Everclear uh, when I was signed to Artemis Records. No, no connection between art and artemis danny goldberg's hmm. artemis records and uh yeah there, there's a cool story with that record label too but uh yeah the name of the song is freak i don't hate it
Yeah, a little flip freak on the Brian Oak Show. Now, flip mm. is where that's the period of your life where I first come to know you. But before we get to the flip era, I got to okay. know, man, you know, if you're in the band Obsession at this point, I'm not sure what exactly what year we're talking about, but Mick early was, 80s, early 80s. So Paisley Park is a new thing and yes. it is Prince's new palace, his new wonderland. And it's obviously got recording studios. I've since been on tour there, but your band Obsession is the first band to record there. Not only are you recording in Prince's brand new state of the art studio, you brought in legendary guitar player and producer Mick Ronson to produce your record? That is correct. The name of the band at this time, as you can see, I like to change the name of my bands a lot. Apparently. 
apparently. That's what I'll use next. Yeah. The apparently's. Uh, <laughs> it was Funhouse. Okay. You, oh, you, yeah, yeah. I do you, remember Funhouse. Yes, it was Funhouse. And, uh, yeah, we were the first band to ever record there. Mick Ronson had come out and saw the band and uh, struck a deal with us. And, and we went in and recorded a record's worth of material. It was wonderful. Met Prince while we were in there. And how did that go? It was interesting. Now, my manager at the time was a guy named Herb Gart. Bless his soul. I love the man more than life itself. He was the guy who literally invented the term singer-songwriter in the wow. 1960s. Wow. He was living in uh, the basement, the kitchen of the Bitter End, managing Don McLean, uh, Buffy St. Marie, uh, Bob Dylan, and Bill Cosby. This is the late. This is the late sixties. Wow. Late sixties. Bill Cosby lives with them in there, and so a lot of protest acts. And you can look this up. Look this up historically, in uh, Washington Square in the late sixties during the protest Joan Baez music movement. They banned the term protest singer, which then went into the. They banned the term folk singer because they were the same thing mm -hmm. so my manager at the time herb gard who was at paisley park with um to to promote his acts needed to come up with a new term and so when the paper said well what are you gonna say he said we'll call them singer songwriters crazy because when i worked at cities 97 for 15 freaking years yeah. every single person we played was described as a singer songwriter. that is correct and herb gart, herb gart invented that term that's fabulous. He was a God. He was the best. I had, I had the so much. Okay, I'm going to tell you a Herb Gart Paisley Park print story. All, all right, right? Yeah. Now Herb Gart at this time, I'm a young whippersnapper, 20 years old or whatever, and Mick Ronson is just really being very kind to me about my Chuck Berry style guitar playing, which I <laughs> guess isn't too surprising because that's how Mick plays. We got along like a house on fire. So we're recording, and Prince wants to come see how the session is doing. Of course, we're the first band to ever record there. And I'm standing in the kitchen, and it's myself and the aforementioned Herb Gart and Mick Ronson. And Prince walks in, and he says, hello. He says, Mick Ronson, really big fan, pleased to meet you. Just wanted to come in and see how the sessions were going. It's going great. Thank you very much. Jonathan Acree was the engineer. Props to Jonathan Acree. I should have my mask on. Props to Jonathan Acree. <laughs> in the old days, you would flag it. So if you were singing and recording, you were like going, Peter Piper picked a peck of pick of peppers. You'd flag it with your hand. <laughs> right. Uh, I still do that out of habit. Um, so anyway, we make the introduction. introductions. Mick Ronson goes, uh, Prince, meet Brent Arns. He's the leader of the group Funhouse. And I shake his hand. Really nice to meet you. And next to me is Herb Garten. He's standing there and he has his arms <laughs> folded. Now, I want you to picture, oh, the name isn't coming to me. I don't want dead air. The guy who managed the band and Bob Dylan. Great, big, gray-haired, bearded, Santa Claus-looking guy. Super long hair, hippie dude from the 60s, right? I can picture him, but I can't think of the yeah, name. Yeah, I'm not coming to the name, and Herb's standing there with his arms. And Herb was not an arrogant man at all. He also managed all the comics on the first season of uh, Saturday Night Live. 
Are we talking about Albert Grossman? Yes. yes Albert that's who we're Grossman. About, he looks right exactly on. like, and they were friends, and I think Albert was Herb's business model. Okay. His, his go-to guy. Right. So, once again, to get back to it, if I haven't lost you, Herb's standing there with his arms folded, and he looks at Prince, and he just kind of nods, <laughs> and and Prince goes, doesn't really do much, and Herb goes, you don't recognize me? And Prince goes, should I? And I go, and and Herb looks at him and says, he goes, yeah, under a cherry moon, I'm the guy who bought it. <laughs> like it had only sold one copy, oh, so right. Prince oh should know God. who bought it. Oh, my God. Oh, how'd oh, that I go? Freaking die. <laughs> right? I, I, okay, let us, let us backtrack a little bit. I know I get long-winded, but... I was 20 years old. Mick Ronson, Paisley Park Studios, my first real, you know, marquee <laughs> oh. value thing. So, so that after that happens, my posture, I, I know my posture went bad. And I remember slowly <laughs> walking back to Studio <laughs> B. And all of a sudden I hear Mick always wore Cuban heels. And all of a sudden I hear the Cuban heels walking behind me, Mick Ronson. And I go into the control room and I look at him. I go, I shake my head no. I go, we're done, aren't we? We're out of here. And he turns to me and he goes, Bryn? I go, what? He goes, that was the greatest fucking thing I have ever seen. Oh, my God. I have fucking, I have held back that. I tell that story to my friends. Right. And Minnesota friends. And they get so pissed off. But, But it's funny. It's, it's, a good, it's, really it's a really, funny. really good yeah. story. It's a great rock and roll story. And you got to remember, this guy like managed John Belushi and shit. You right, know, or the, right. Or, or yeah, uh, no, what was the little guy? Not Belushi, Henry. On the first, and Ed Bagley Jr. Henry. Ah, I know who you're talking about. Yes. I'm not sure. Yeah. The guy who was really dry on the show. Right? Yes, yeah, and yeah. he was like the main writer actually oh, yeah. of the yeah. whole program. Oh, with the glasses yes, yes. and the yes. hair. And yep. the, yes, I don't know why I can't think of his name right now because you two have gotten inside my head. Well, Just, we've been doing a lot of names. That's true. <laughs> Let's go ahead and recenter and regroup. It is the Brian Oak Show. Uh, and I do want to mention real quick that, Sean, before we... Well, actually... Let's do this instead. I mean, I just I don't like to go too long without a song, right? I like to get as much music in here as possible. I'd shut me up. Well, no, I'm not trying to shut you up, but I want to make sure that we have the right balance, and I want to get into the the mid '90s to 2000s legacy of yeah. Flip. But that's a bigger story than we have time for right here. So let's hear another song. Then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Flip then and Flip now because you've got Wonderful. an event coming up right the day before Valentine's Day. Oh, that's right. Yeah, exactly. That's that's really the reason we're doing this today. Oh, believe it or not. Not to mention this host of amazing stories you have, but let's go ahead and hear this Thank next you, song right here. You're more than welcome. Let's hear this next song. Tell me about this song we're going to hear right here. Uh, I think. It's can you play one second long. of it so I I know exactly what one it is? You name uh, that tune me, name in less that. than three notes. This is called Zoom. This is Flip. It's on the second album titled Blow It Out Your Ass. This is me playing every instrument. Every, well, whoa, whoa, whoa. What, what happened? Was, oh, so you like went Prince on the bit. You, got, well, you blew no. everybody else out? There are days when you show up, are the only guy who shows up for rehearsal, and it was your turn to bring the beer. So <laughs> I was stuck in the studio by myself uh-huh. with a case of beer, and this is what happened. 
More music from Flip right here on the Brian Oak Show, although technically a... Crying Brian Oak Show. Bri- <laughs> I do. Actually, that, I'm surprised that's never the come Cryin up before. Brian Oak Show. Holy crap. Crying Brian. That's going to stick, isn't it? We need to buy that URL. Yeah, I guess. I guess we <laughs> just pictures of me puffy eyed and sobbing because it happens on the it regular. Does, it really yeah. does. Hey, before we continue our talk with Bryn Arns, let's go ahead and mention <laughs> that Sean Bernard is also a sponsor of this show. Sean, in addition to his wide ranging tastes and talents and pursuits, is also a realtor for Edina Realty, the 50th in France location. What's that all about? Well, you know, somebody once said to me, hey, man, do you want to get into real estate? And I said, absolutely not. Why would I do that? (laughs) Why in the hell would I do that? Mm -hmm. But then I finally realized what the hell I like to help people. People are going to buy and sell anyway. I can do it with some ethics and not be a jackass. So uh, and then what I what I'm going to do again once, uh, you know, music venues open up and everything is I'm going to do what I did before and donate to. Uh, local music venue, a portion of every sale to every uh, to to local music venues. If you know wow. somebody that's looking to buy or sell, well, I did that with the Warming House for a year, a small little mo- uh, music venue in South Minneapolis. I'm on the board Bad of directors ass. there as well, uh, but doing anything we can to support live and local music. Um, but it, it, again, if you know of anybody who's looking to buy or sell, even if they're like not sure, I can go into the place. I can take a look at it. We can do comps to look at what's going on in your neighborhood. See if it makes sense for you to buy or sell this year. Maybe it doesn't. That's okay. I'll be around. Uh, 612-859-2594. That number is also text-worthy. You know, and that's something else, too. For those of you listening out there who've listened on the regular or maybe just once in a while, our Patreon members, if you go to patreon.com slash Show, that's O-A-K-E, and become a Patreon member, even for a few bucks a month, hell, hundreds a month, whatever it is that you think you can afford or get out of this show, we started to, and then uh, the COVID hit, and we yep. intend to get back to having monthly or at least once every couple months live shows strictly for our patreon supporters once we can have live shows again that's something we intend to do regularly i can't wait oh me too man we're all looking forward to getting back to it so getting back to it let's get back to bryn bryn i I just spoke to a friend at live nations and from what i understand uh they're looking at booking live events in june in double-sized halls so let's say you have a band that normally would draw ten thousand people they Mm -hmm. will be putting them into twenty thousand seat venues to spread people out yeah from what i understand come june that's for the u.s that's the first and i'll be surprised if it happens me too yeah, well, and again, I don't want to rush it. You know what? I'd rather, we were already used to it not being cool and normal right now. Let's get through this. I just, I don't want to rush back to it. Let's go back in time a little bit, though, because um, I can't believe we've got made it 45 minutes into the podcast. Without. We, we haven't really talked about the heart and the beef <laughs> of Flip. Now, Ugh. anybody who's ever been to um, an Edge Fest has seen Flip. Anybody yes. who spent any time doing anything with any live music or recorded music here in the 90s or spent any time watching MTV knows Flip. Flip was a very theatrical band. Is, sorry, I don't mean to speak in the past tense. I'm just talking about the sort oh, good. of the mid-90s there. Um, you know, you with your signature half white, half black face, um, everybody had colored hair. Everybody wore different styles of makeup. The outfits were outlandish and there was an incredible theatricality to what you did the other thing in addition to being great live shows there was always there was not always but very often a stunt or yes. a, a promotional angle that went along with it what a was funning 
Exactly. We never had a like. A, we never have a never had a purposeful outcome for any of that stuff. The truth is, is I've always loved album covers. Mm-hmm. I've always loved concerts. I've always loved recorded songs. I've always loved live performance. All those things to me are all the same thing. You know, if all of a su- if all of a sudden Jimi Hendrix is wearing Gene Simmons's boots. He will play the same way. He will sound exactly the same. So let's have some fun with this. Right. And that's really what it's about. And it's also the endless finger painting. It's really an endless shit. It's so close to Spanky and our gang, it ain't funny. Right. It's actually exactly that. Well, except that Spanky and our gang never had their own cereal, and Flip had your own cereal. <laughs> I pulled stage shit out of out of uh, dumps. Yeah. I used to go collect car headlights out of city <laughs> dumps because they're 12 volt, and if you run 10 of them in series, you can plug them into the wall, and it's a blinding thing, and you put that behind you when you're playing. So, yeah, Ed, Ed, and Eddie. You ever watch that show? You got, have. You got kids. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And they were in the in the sweet spot for that. No, So, so was, we always did stuff because that stuff's always part and parcel to me. It's no different than a song. It doesn't take away credence from the song. It doesn't mm-hmm. make the song greater. It doesn't make the song lesser. It just adds to the whole parade. Well, it's a show. To me, rock and roll is about presentation. It is about a Absolutely. show. It is about a feeling that is evoked. And I love how you put it. Whether you are looking at an album cover that blows your mind i can still sit down and look at cream's disraeli gears that crazy beautiful day glow psychedelic cover and find things i haven't seen before even though i've looked at it a thousand times or you go to a show where instead of flip coming out they've got some pretend boy band doing their songs out there (laughs) and then flip comes out and kicks their asses (laughs) and takes over the show brilliant or the time that i saw you pull your pants down my man um the 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 band and at Edgefest, and it was one of those rainy, muddy ones, right, where everyone's doing the mud slides and stuff, and they're whipping mud at the band, and uh, you pulled down your pants and gave them a target. Yeah, I got nothing. And <laughs> only, the be- only the best can do it. I got nothing. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I, you know, it's one of those flip of the moment, no pun intended, yeah. but maybe it is. Things, it's just like, what the hell? Uh-huh. It's really like, what if, the, if it's a silly... Let's get silly. And I do find it important to do this when you're throwing a party of any sort. And the rock band ultimately at the venue is throwing the party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is very smart to be- come out. The first thing you do, put a lampshade on your head because everybody else will feel a little bit more relaxed and have a little <laughs> bit more fun. So the first thing you do when you get on stage, fart. Yeah. <laughs> just let it rip. You know, whatever it takes to right. just loosen the vibe. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Do I remember correctly? Because the 90s were a little fuzzy for me. I wore my hair a lot longer. They were the 60s upside down, actually. Kind of, uh, well put. Well put. <laughs> but I, was at some point, did you not have around one of the Edge Fests, was there not something involving a helicopter? Yeah, we... Uh, our second record, Flip Live in a Cereal Box, which was an actual cereal box mm-hmm. with cereal in it. Yeah. But inst- I wanted to put the old-fashioned record on the back of the box, and you had to put the penny on your tone arm to make it work. <laughs> exactly. But, of course, we couldn't get that done, so instead the CD went inside the cereal box with the cereal, which worked absolutely fine for the time. So as a, as we thought it would be really funny, and I've been using cereal in my gig since... 
I used to take cereal back in the early days in obsession. I just always thought it was funny. And I would put it on my amp in boxes, a specific brand called Kaboom. If you recall it, it makes your shit turn uh, evergreen. <laughs> and I would throw it at the audience, you know. It was kind of like a punk rock thing. The shit of, or the cereal? The cereal. <laughs> okay. <all right. laughs> the cereal. Good one, though. Hey, note to self. Right. Yeah, and, exactly. And, See, I told you to read notes. Damn it, I'm an amateur. <laughs> post-production and uh <laughs> so i've been using cereal since way back so i just you know it hit me and went god it would be funny if we could drop actually black oak arkansas california jam one 1974 from a helicopter dropped sun visors purely brilliant it was a very sunny day black that, oak arkansas <laughs> that's where the idea came from wow uh, so in night from 1974 in the back of my mind i have always had you could drop something from a helicopter <laughs> on a crowd when the time is right. And so, here, then suddenly, 20 years later, we're putting out a record in a cereal box. And I realized General Mills is in Minnesota, isn't it? <laughs> and, you know, and, you know, I want to hear something else funny when you're in a rock band. All, you hear all sorts of crazy. You do, too, as, as, as a personality yourself. I'm sure. People, hey, if you ever need a cow, let me know. You know <laughs> right. I, got, I got cows. What color? <laughs> yeah. Hey, if you ever if you ever need a backhoe, I have a backhoe. <laughs> it's weird. The things that people and a will guy, offer and a guy offered a helicopter to me once hey if you ever need a helicopter for short trips in minneapolis or whatever just around the local area let me know so i called rick oaks who was the guy with the helicopter oaks with an s right and uh yeah sure enough we got a ton of cereal from general mills a ton an and, actual and, we, ton. and we dropped it on the edge fest crowd <laughs> and we also did it when we toured with cheap trick we played the Taste of Chicago, and we did it there too. And the the pilot, once again, the great Rick Oaks, ended up in jail. <laughs> ended up in jail. And if you remember in the nineties, it ended up on that TV show Hard Copy. There's a great oh, old nineties wow. reference from you. What? What? was unknown to everybody cereal had fallen in a cop's cup of coffee is the word i got oh and uh but what they didn't know was rick oaks's dad was the head judge of illinois (laughs) 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 the world works in mysterious ways so you've got i didn't even know that i didn't know that at the time afterwards i'm like rick hope you don't know my dad do you no He's the head judge of Illinois. I'm like, oh, this is so great. <laughs> it all works out in the end. You, um, in a, so, you know, obviously being masters of the live show, but also masters of promotion, of stunts, of different things, you managed to become a presence on, for those of us not old enough to remember, uh, and I, I am old enough to remember, but for those not old enough, Alternative music was hard to come by before the big alt explosion. You had to listen to college radio. You had to stay up late and watch stuff that came in from overseas. Mm -hmm. And even when MTV came along, it was still mostly the top 40 straightforward stuff. But every Sunday night, which I love, but I mean, but but two hours on Sunday night, if you wanted to see Love and Rockets, if you wanted to see the Screaming Messiahs, R.E.M., you needed to watch MTV's 120 Minutes, and you managed to become staples of 120. 20 minutes yeah. by submitting a video is that right 
Well, yeah. Um, but in a weird way. like you Well, the whole band, you're asking for a long story here, Brian, because the whole band flip got started on that video. Right. I was hired by RCA Records to write songs for a guy mm-hmm. when I was living in New York City. I came back here to do Minneapolis to do it so I could see my parents and mm-hmm. stuff. One of the songs that he was supposed to sing was a cover I'd put together of my generation, of mm-hmm. the other 20 tracks. I had done for him. He didn't finish all of them. I was not going to go back to RCA Records in New York, who at the time, believe it or not, were trying to get me to join the Dave Matthews Band. I'm sorry? Yeah. Really? Yeah, because they wanted a little show guy in the band uh-huh. because they were boring on stage. Remember, <laughs> uh-huh. You remember the press when it came out that they were boring on stage? Uh-huh. I was I was one of the... But we can get that guy. We can get Bryn the Fixer. That would have been really that awkward. Clown I boy. I got I to gotta be honest. I would have really appreciated that because I played a shit ton of Dave Matthews oh, yeah. band when I worked at City Center. I love his voice. He's got a great, and he's also a super nice dude. Absolutely. Too. I got a chance to interview him a couple times and he's fantastic. But also. He did end up getting some wild man press though. He did piss off his off his tour bus on a overpass on a freeway that's you true might, they dumped all their 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 refuse out of the toilet i think i might have had a small influence there <laughs> well, they're wearing bracelets that say what would Bryn do <laughs> he flushed the toilet on these tourist heads right now it's all green so anyway you, these songs are oh, finished so i'm and gonna you- bring back these so i so I do this stuff, and I, I end up singing a bunch of these songs, and I've never even as much as sang backup vocals before, mm. ever. During this time period, my good friend John Jovanovich, light director, uh, who went on to work with Prince and tons of other people as well, and now the head guy down at the convention center, had just bought a new light show, and he went, Bryn, do you have anything I could videotape? I just want to videotape my lights. That's why we made the My Generation video. Wild. I painted my face half black and half white because in sixth grade there was a guy named johnny johnson who had a band called diamond we later became pearl uh-huh who painted his face half black half white look at that and i used to watch him through the basement window (laughs) that's where this all comes from so i take the videotape back to new york at this time i'm also being asked to join a reforming new york dolls as johnny thunders wow and i I am managed by david krebs who managed at that time aerosmith uh acdc scorpions a host of others right um and i brought it back and i played it for him and they're like, Bryn, this is the best homemade video I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> and uh, he goes, I have a friend. I had to literally take a CD player and two video machines and hit record and play and then play <laughs> to get the sound to sync up right. while smoking pot in my New York City apartment. <laughs> After I finally got that done and showed it to those guys on a whim, they go, I have a friend of mine at MTV who does color correction. You should bring it down there. He said he'd color correct it for you. So I go down there and he color corrects it for me and syncs the audio up. I leave. I'm really grateful and, you know, really nice. And I have green hair sticking out to here and shit. <laughs> and I smoke a joint on the streets of New York, which I love to do. Just walk the streets of New York and smoke a yeah. joint. You just could. And uh, as I'm walking by the Viacom building on 57th and Broadway, I see MTV. Vicky Augill, program director, 26th floor. 
there's a group of about 10 people who just had, this is like a bad TV show, who happened to be entering the Viacom <laughs> building at this time. I had just smoked a joint. I decide, like a bad 70s sitcom, to <laughs> fold into the middle of this group and go up to the 26th floor with my new videotape, which I did, and I go to the lady at the desk. I said, Vicki Augill has asked me to deliver this videotape. She goes, hold on. She calls Vicki Augill. A couple minutes later, Vicki Augill's walking at me, and she's <laughs> nodding her head left to right like, no. <laughs> no, and I and I look at her and I kind of grin and I go like this. I make the, I just smoked a joint and went, yes. And, and I go, and I told her the truth. I said, I was at my manager, David Krabs. And I said, and then I smoked a joint and then I snuck in. And now here I am. She goes, hold on. She goes and watches it. She comes back. She goes, it's the best homemade video I've ever seen in my life. I had wow. to sign a release form. It played on 120 minutes that night. That's wild, man. That, that is I mean, crazy. It requires balls. It requires oh, talent. Idiocy. It, Pot. But it, Pot. It, it also <laughs> that seems to be a recurring theme. <laughs> exactly. It, but it requires so many of those elements, all of which are important parts of rock and roll. And <laughs> that, I, I can't imagine Flip starting any other way. So Flip does yeah, very well. That's... Flip cracks the top 40. I mean, Flip does well, and then Flip goes away. But yes. Flip is, but now, and I we, unfortunately, we don't have time to dive into that whole story. You're going to have to come back again because Absolutely. we have so many stories we have to tell. This is great, Brian. Uh, Thank but, you. Well, I mean, we're not quite done yet, but I want to make sure that we get this plug in because yes. the reason I re reached oh, out, yeah. we had talked a few months ago, uh, and, and we'd all even talked before that when I first heard you on WDGY, which, by the way, I know they can't be making any money because I never hear any commercials, but they are the, the most enjoyable station, radio station to listen to in the Twin Cities right now. I told him you said that. I saw your posting one day, and They're I called so the owner. Good. And, yeah, I called him and said, Brian Oak loves your show. Yep. And, yeah, I, or, I mean, your whole thing. I got to tell you, Paul Geiger's a total. I love Paul a, Geiger. Another angel guy. Yep, I used to work with Paul. He's a what fantastic a human being. And what what a delivery. His yep. delivery is so unassuming mm -hmm. and so unattacking and so... Right on the money. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm in, I just. Well, and from a programming perspective, you know, I, I, grew, yes. up, I grew up on classic rock radio, uh, but I always preferred, as opposed to the giant monoliths, you know, yeah. like when you head out into the woods, because the commercial constraints weren't quite so defining, even back in the 70s, you would get these weird deep cuts that no yes. one ever played before, you know, like when you're listening to 1071 The River, the valley's <laughs> home for classic rock, you know, and, and, but you, and, and so what I love about WD. <laughs> Why is they do they do like these great classic rock songs, but then mix in the right amount of like sugary pop and girl yeah. groups, like you know, Cool and Wait went the, the the direction of just nothing but eighties now. And KQ got watered down in adult contemporary a long time ago. WDGY sounds to me what an oldie station is supposed to sound like. Uh, it's agreed. fantastic. And you do a weekend show there. Tell me about that. Yeah, I do uh, Sunday mornings. There a show called Deep Cuts where I get to basically the concept is play the other twelve songs on the album yeah. yeah walk this way is good but i'm sick of it have you ever heard of round and round <laughs> let me play that for you if i was the a and r guy i would have picked toys in the attic so don't don't ask me you know? <laughs> if they, you're if you want the hits you're listening to the wrong show <laughs> both both sean and i have spent so many years in radio that you know even when you work at a place that's cool or you get some freedom you still don't really get freedom. No. Do they let you program your 100%. show? 100%. That's awesome. as long, oh. But the beauty there is, yes, they do. But the beauty there is I do have to keep it within, which I want to do anyway. Well, you want with, people to listen. 
I'm not much. I don't listen much past anything past 1980 anyway. (laughs) You know what I love about WDGY, too, is like I'll listen to it. And all of a sudden, they'll play something, and I won't have a clue what it is. That's it's awesome. Like, I love I that I haven't feeling. heard this before. Yeah. What is this? And then, you know, that was the association. And, like, I've heard <laughs> Along Comes Mary. Yeah. I've heard. And then I'm like, wow, that's incredible. They really, like, how do they do it? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I, I love it, too. It, it's people. You can tell that there are people there who love music. So Sunday mornings on WDGY, people can look it up to find out exactly when and the best way for them to tune totally. in. But speaking of looking things up online, on February 13th of this uh, year, which is just a couple short weeks away, Taylor Sound and Video presents something called Love Stinks and So Does Flip. It is shit, <laughs> shit show number two, an evening with Flip, which number is two. number two. <laughs> Limited to only 10 fans. Are there any spaces left? I don't. I, I honestly don't keep track. Okay, so I don't know. <laughs> All right. At some point, I can say, guarantee I don't there won't be, but I don't know now yet. Right now, at this point, um, how do people even find out? Like, there's got to be a link for them to go check it yeah, out. Yeah, there's like a ticket even bright. I believe it's called ticket okay. thing, and the the people who monitor the uh, flip Facebook stuff for me. Okay, they keep posting it up there. So that so go look I think, for flip on Facebook or go to Eventbrite flip shit show number two. We were we have this. Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly the size. Uh, Five thousand square foot rehearsal room with only us in it so when and an airplane jesus christ that's a big room man it's (laughs) insane at taylor sound the best they are phenomenal they really know how to do it once again i this isn't a this isn't a plug this is not what i do i'm not but i've like we've discussed i've been doing this professionally since 1969 this is the best rehearsal facility slash video slash audio all of it's there in one place but so we have this great huge room and one day uh a bunch of people that also rehearsed in there came in and started watching us rehearse and there was like five six of them there and it was at the beginning of covid Mm -hmm. and there was plenty of room for everybody to be spaced and i was watching and we got done went outside had a cigarette and they said this is like the first concert i've been to in so long and i went bing i went oh Okay, let's do a hundred bucks. Only ten people. We'll keep it super light, super comfortable. You get a record or a T-shirt. We get a little. Mm-hmm. You get a flip grab bag when you come in, and you get to request songs. And we're not, you know, I got to be honest with you. Artistically speaking, I've been watching a lot of these, uh, uh, some of these uh, streaming things, and there's a real disconnect where you have this thing where they're trying to perform and like there's 10,000 people mm-hmm. there when there just isn't and the translation quite frankly doesn't work so the, that being said i'm like well we could do this we'll do smaller numbers at a feasible cost and instead of trying to perform like it's a concert you're coming to our rehearsal we'll, we'll we will play you will yeah we're not gonna like shine spotlights we're gonna hang out with you you're gonna see what we're working on you get to hear the new song i'm working on we'll definitely take requests hell if you want to jam with us come on up and jam this isn't you know a rock concert where is this is a hang where's taylor sound 
Uh, it's in right in, on near Excelsior. Okay, uh, so it's right here in town, though. It's yes. not like you got to head out to Cannon no, Falls or anything. No, it's like Highway 100 and Excelsior. Okay, wow, yeah. wow, that's really close. Okay, that, well, that's I close. know there's a White Castle really close. <laughs> oh my God, you, totally. you're actually super close to where I work at the record store because I've yes. eat, I've eaten at that White Castle. Also, the Taco Bell is right next to that Correct. White Castle as well. And Bongo Johnny's. At, well, Bongo Johnny's is two doors down from where I work. That is correct. Yeah, no, b- b- Bongo John, the drummer John's on Curtis is, is my boss. The drummer on Curtis is AL, Mike, produced. Bongo has been sitting with in John this very Fields. room. You're sitting in a seat I that love Curtis him. sat in. And, yeah, so Curtis A. put out, what, his first record in more than 30 years. Bless him. You're, so the, you're the guy behind it. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know what blew my mind most about that? Because I've seen Curtis live plenty of times. Listening to that record, the songs are great. Production's good. good. Lord. The voice, his yeah. voice, I good don't think Lord. I've ever heard it sound that good, even going back to the old days. It I got to really tell you, good. John Fields, who who engineered the record and recorded the record, captured it. Yeah. Um, and the fact that Curtis and I had been recording and working on songs together for a year prior the actual recording dates roughly a year not every day mind you right um but G- G- curtis was super comfortable so he just went in there and banged the stuff out God, he did, did it in two three days and john's not a guy who likes to stop and talk about it he just <laughs> okay do it again do it again so you don't which is really wise because there's a, once again there's a disconnect between the talent and the brain and if you're truly ta- <laughs> if you're truly talented the first thing that'll get in the way is your brain so uh it John keeps a pace going that doesn't allow that to happen, right. and it translated absolutely on his record. And I couldn't be happier for Curtis because in, in the in, in the Twin Cities rock, rock upper echelon, there isn't anybody more deserving. Yeah, well, and he's been at it as long or longer than anybody you can name off the top. And he's of your fucking head. quality. Yeah, exactly, uh, and consistent. So before, I mean, we have there is so much we didn't even begin to scratch the cover on. But I know that you're busy these days as well. In addition yeah. to the flip show, you're working with Cheap Trick. You just yeah. you just threw off there. Oh, I'm working with Leonard Skinner. Yeah, write songs for them. Right on. Yeah, Cheap Trick as well. Correct. Excellent. Well, I'm, I just wrote, wrote a song they're going to be recording called "The Sky Is Going to Fall." Huh. I'm really you happy. and I will rise above it all when the sky is going to fall. God, I hope that's true. Fitting. I hope you're really right about that, Brandon. <laughs> I really do. I'm glad things are going well for you, man. You look Thank good, you, and it sounds like things are moving in the right direction. You will come back and do this again, you will you to. not? I, I, I've always been a huge fan, so anytime. And plus, I live in the neighborhood. I live really close. Didn't you uh, You and I once do an interview uh, in the at the State Fair? Oh my God! I, we almost got away without telling this story. We did. Um, <laughs> it was at it was at Zone One Hundred and Five, uh, and my dear, dear, dear friend, my compatriot for many years, Steve Nelson, was the producer of that show, and oh. you made him more convinced that we were going to get fired than yeah. any other interview. That was we did my job in our eight years yeah. together. Do you remember specifically what you said? Because I remember it like it was yesterday. Well, I remember my version of it. Okay. Yeah. Um. I feel like since you're the guest, the sky ride. It was all about the sky ride. So we're sitting there, and again, we they made us do the morning show there. Do you know what we're talking about? You're nodding your head. I've I've heard. Or is that don't talk about it? I've heard bits of the story, but I've never heard the whole thing. So I got to hear it. I just want to set the scene, and then you can tell the story. We're at the state fair. The sun is barely up yet, right? (laughs) Which is way too early for fucking Flip to be joining us in that little tiny broadcast. I'm an early morning guy. We were in. Oh well, then it was perfect for you. (laughs) 
but there's nobody in the fair yet. The, the only people walking by are maintenance oh. workers and 4-H kids. And <laughs> seriously, that's yeah. a, that's it. And that's, then, yeah. but we had you on, and we were. But you would know, go. But but well, but as everybody likes to do when they get there, they talk about their time at the state fair and they're nostalgic about their memories at the state fair. Yeah. And then we crack the mic and we decide we're going to talk to Bryn. It's real life, folks. Yeah. Oh, it gets very real in a second it's re- here. Real life, folks. Mm-hmm. Well, you're you're you're. A-frame kiosk radio station was located right by the Sky Ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if I remember correctly, we were about to put out our third album again, Blow It Out Your Ass, right. and we were looking for titles, and I was really into fun little swear word phrases like blow it out your ass. Mm-hmm. Farmer phrases. I call them farmer phrases. <laughs> right. Like, you long in a hat. Get the pigs in the barn. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And we were talking, and I think you, my recollection is, you asked me if I had ever ridden, ridden the sky ride. And I said, well, yes, I did. Uh, when I was 14 or 15 years old, I was standing by the sky ride at the state fair as just a person coming to the state fair. And a lady a year or two older than me asked me if I wanted to ride on the sky ride. And is this how you're remembering this? Kind of. I, I, I'm waiting for the punchline because okay. the punchline is the part. Can that I, I say really it? Remember. Of course you can. Okay, Hell this yeah. is real world, folks. Anyway, and 19 whatever. But uh, I'm just <laughs> cringing. This is hard. This is harder than telling the it's Prince therapy. story. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm pretty pleased, and I can't believe that this lady wants to give me a free ride on the Sky Ride. But when we got on there, I didn't know she wanted me to finger bang her. <laughs> But, but, oh. now, but we didn't get that deep yeah, in the I hope story. That's not the headline. <laughs> Bryn Arns, Brian no, Oak no, Show. No, 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 gets it finger banged. It won't. It won't be. The, it won't be the headline. But no, because we were like, I'm like, oh, I'm Howard like, I'm like Were you ever on the sky ride? Because I didn't get to hear the story about the free ride. What I did hear is I remember asking that morning. I'm like, you've ever been on the sky ride? And your response was, and I quote, "That's a great place to finger bang a girl." <laughs> And did Steve just turn three Steve, shades of purple? So Steve, he, I mean, I took my job seriously, but but Steve was always so concerned about content, about the rules. Do you have rules. any sanitary wipes? Can oh, I wipe myself down? I'm not no. going to be able to shower this off. We do have a bottle of bleach behind you right there. Oh, um, I feel no, so it, horrible. It, it, no, the, dude, it was hilarious. and oh, it, I, I was mean, so innocent. It, but it was so good that it's 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 permanently burned a place in my memory <laughs> i mean that was that had to be like 98 or 99 that went down that was a long no, time way ago. before that oh, I'm t- oh god if i was 14 it was still the 70s no so. no no. i'm talking about you telling the story oh, i'm yes. not talking about yeah. the actual finger blasting brent uh we're gonna have you back another time because we have so much we haven't talked about. thanks so much for having me you guys glad glad oh, to good have lord you. Thanks, thanks for being sponsors. so serious too like, that was way too intense <laughs> what was yeah w- that was way too intense that show yeah. no fun at all <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks to Smart Start MN. Thanks to Audio Quip for doing what they do and what they have done for this show all along the way. Thanks to our Patreon members. Don't forget, we will get back to live music. I can't say it's going to be by June, but when we can, we will. You want to go see Flip's shit show number two? Look it up online. Only 10 people there, but you get to go to a fucking rock show. Yeah. Think and it's not really that. a rock show. It's a rock hang, okay, man. Okay, but, but there's still going to be live music. Oh, fuck yeah. We're louder than shit. Excellent. Bryn, good luck, man. And we'll talk again soon, all right? 
And don't forget, also, when he's thanking all his sponsors, thank the Brian Oak Show. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. That's very kind. And thanks to everybody who listens. Whether you uh, whether you pay or not, I'm just glad that you're here along for the ride because, man, do I love doing this kind of stuff. We got one last song left, Bryn. What are we going to listen to? It's a short one, two and a half minutes. Two and a half minutes. I don't freaking know. I okay, let's hear Probably should have put titles on them. <laughs> all right, this is called Rockstar, produced by John Fields. That's the why I sent to you. John we love Strawberry you, John Fields. Fields. Cut it. Want the vocals one take. Wow. Once again, John was working his. I don't got time for this shit. <laughs> and here we go. See everybody Rockstar. next time. Peace. <laughs> On the Brian Oak Show.